0: We're thrilled to have uh, our brother Simon Turner, who's gonna be bringing God's word to us in a few moments this morning. And Simon is going to be speaking from probably one of the best known chapters of the Bible, Psalm 23, why don't we turn to it just now and uh, read it together. It's lovely to have Simon's mom and dad with us today as well. We make them very welcome. It's great to be together. And don't let the familiarity with this spoil the psalm for us. Try to imagine you'd never read this before, or you'd never heard it before. And uh, listen to it, as it were, through fresh ears and with fresh eyes as we read this together this morning. David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want.
1: Uh, time of praise and worship we've had together. Uh, So far this morning, we've been led so well uh, through these uh, songs and in prayer. And it leads to this moment of opening the Word of God uh, that this morning the Lord would speak to us. It's indeed my privilege uh, to stand before you and open this psalm. I don't know if you've realized it, but we live in a world that is obsessed with following From climate change to local issues, people are dedicated to causes, they follow causes with passion. Uh, We have the rise of that phenomenon known as the social influencer, and people hang on their every word, uh, just finding out the next thing to wear, uh, the right type of makeup to put on, and even the right way to think about certain things. And that's not even for us to stop and consider uh, the different ranges and the spectrum of political thought. People follow so many things, and they do so religiously. And all these examples, of course, have a few threads in common, don't they? They're short-term. They're open to continual change. And ultimately, they will disappoint those who follow them. But this morning, what about those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ? He's declared in Scripture the good shepherd. John chapter 10. He's the great shepherd of Hebrews 13. And Jesus is the chief shepherd of 1 Peter 5. We have had read to us by Craig this beautiful psalm that speaks of the Lord being our shepherd. Uh, He's the one who leads his people with love, with compassion, with strength. With help, and his people follow him. The psalm that we have looked at already this morning is written by King David. And David, of course, is a former shepherd himself. He understands the job of being a shepherd all too well. But now in Israel, there's no greater authority than David because he's king. And in the world, there's no mightier a warrior. Because he has God on his side. So surely this man could not be a follower. Surely this man was a leader. But this psalm tells us, no, David is a follower. Here he's looking back over his life. He's painting the picture of his relationship with God as one who has followed the shepherd all his days. And as we think about this psalm this morning, I just want us to pause and think about this. Why do the sheep follow the shepherd? Or if we can put it another way, why does the Christian follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Perhaps you've come here this morning and there are things that are just going on in the background of your life. And it's causing you to wonder, why am I following Jesus and being put through this? Or maybe you're here this morning and things are going well, but you still have at the back of your mind that thought. This is important that I follow Jesus. You know, we've been encouraged in First Peter, as Craig has taken us through these opening verses in chapter 1, that we should follow in Christ's steps. And so as we look at this psalm this morning, let me give you five reasons. I'm not going to labor the points. We're not going to be here until Jonathan opens Jonah. Don't worry. Um, but five points, five reasons why the sheep follow the shepherd, five reasons why we follow Christ. And we find the first one right at the outset of this psalm in verse 1. And as David begins his psalm, he's got this confident declaration that God is his shepherd. David knows that he belongs to God. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And of course, it wasn't always the case. It wasn't the case in every uh, shepherd's life that they owned the sheep. In fact, Jesus did speak of hired hands in John chapter 10. But in a great many instances, it was true that the shepherd owned the sheep that he was looking after. And that ownership shepherd always made sure that the sheep lacked for nothing. Why? Because he owned them. He had a vested interest in them. And so David is following the Lord because he belonged to the Lord. He didn't see himself as having full autonomy over his life. He didn't think he could just do as he pleased because he had nobody to answer to. No, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And David has had that experience of lacking for nothing that he's needed. So the first reason this morning that we follow Christ is we belong to him. And I wonder if you've paused to think of the great privilege that it is to belong to Jesus Christ. He's the one who's paid the eternal price with his blood for for our souls. He is the one who has command over us. He's the one who has authority in our lives. And we should be in no doubt about who our our master is. Sheep have this wonderful knack of actually being able to recognize the voice of their shepherd. And this morning, we know the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ as he speaks to us. So we are not wavering between two commanders. We are not hedging our bets here. Christ is our shepherd. We belong to him. We're under the lordship of Christ. So let us not be confused about the direction that we are to go in with our lives. He leads and we follow. And that's not to say that we're some automaton that just does things blindingly or unthinkingly. We are a thinking people. God has made us that way to be thinking. But as we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, as we meditate on him, as we contemplate him, we realize that he is leading us in the best possible way. He's leading us to the best possible places. And that's what takes us into our next point. We follow the shepherd, we follow Christ because of his peace, verses 2 and 3. Now, David isn't just a fierce warrior, but he's this tender poet that's able to paint a beautiful, a wonderful, a a very vivid picture of what the Lord, his shepherd, is doing in his life. And David sees that he has peace because God is giving it to him. Verses 2 and 3 say this, "'He makes me lie down in green pastures.'" He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now this morning, I don't profess to be an expert in sheep, uh, whether it's veterinary or even in the psychology of sheep. Uh, But my my belief is that sheep are are not the most resourceful of animals, are they? They need a bit of help to get to the best places. They need a good shepherd to lead them uh, where it's right to go. And where there is a good shepherd, the sheep will be led to the place where there is the greatest peace, the greatest rest. And David describes this in four ways. The first is this. This shepherd has led David to the greenest pasture. Now, this is the pasture that has a Michelin star. It's the tastiest grass. It's the Marks and Spencer's pasture. And David sees where God has taken me. It's just wonderful. He's constantly being fed by the Lord. He's constantly being built up in his spirit by the Lord. Even when things are not going too great in his life, he still sees that God is there giving him what he needs. Then he can drink from the calmest waters. Sheep are apparently easily spooked by running water, and so they're not going to go down and and drink from fast-flowing rivers. So the shepherd knows that, takes them to a calm pool, and David says, when I'm drinking in from the Lord, there is a calmness in my spirit. The Lord floods my soul with his peace. He refreshes my spirit in this way. And then thirdly, his soul is restored. Uh, sheep have this tendency just to go off piste at every opportunity. They head down the path that they shouldn't go. They go in the opposite direct from, direction from where the, sh- the shepherd is leading them. And I don't know if you saw the, just yesterday in the news that Britain's lonely sheep has finally been rescued. Fiona, that's the name given to the sheep. I don't know Why? But she has been lifted up off this beach where she spent two years with no company. Poor sheep. How that sheep got there, we don't know. Except that sheep go where they're not supposed to. And David says, as my soul is restored, as I wander, as I do what Stephen uh, described to us uh, with Bathsheba and Uriah, God is there, pulling him back, lifting him up, placing him on the right track once again. And the fourth element of this picture of peace is David says, I've been led in paths of righteousness. It's helpful in the NIV to see this as being right paths uh, because sheep not only go off onto the wrong path, but they head towards danger. It's almost like danger's got this magnetic pull on sheep. And David says, you know, when I'm heading towards danger, God pulls me back. And all these things speak about a peace that is in David's life. It's not that he had it easy in life. It's not that he sailed through life with no problems. Far from it. But as David is encountering even the worst times, he knows, I've got the peace that comes from belonging to the Lord. I've got the peace that comes from being led by God. And you know, as you come here today, perhaps, you're saying to yourself, well, peaceful is not the best word to describe my life. I'm having no peace in my life right now. You might be in the midst of great turmoil. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, But please do remember, if you are following the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have Christ as your shepherd, then you have a peace that only you can have that comes from Him being there. And you might be able to say, well, whatever it is I am, the Lord wants me here, and He is with me. And so to start having that peace, we need to know that our sins are forgiven. That is the eternal peace of knowing that we are in that right relationship with God, that we're not at odds with him. And then we have that piece that says, we don't need to follow every trend that's in the world, whether it's fashion, whether it's political uh, persuasion. We don't need to go after every whim. We don't need to uh, look into every fad. We don't need to go wherever the wind blows as far as the world and its opinions are, but we simply keep our eyes trained firmly on the shepherd and follow in his stead. And then this morning, please be certain that as you face the inevitable storms of life, whatever they might be for you, these situations that are so awful, so unbearable, do know that in Christ you can have that rest by simply falling into His arms and be held by Him. And let me tell you this morning, Christ's arms never grow tired. And just before we move on, look at that little last phrase In verse 3 that says, for his name's sake, you know, Jesus does all this according to his own person, according to his own character. He's not going to break character and treat you differently from how he's treated David. He's not going to alter his nature so that you would not receive the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace that all the other saints, all the other Christians, all the other sheep following him have received. I mean, you stop and think about this you realize what a stunning security we have in our Savior. David paints this picture of the shepherd leading him into the best places. But the next point is slightly different. And in verse 4, we find that we don't just have his possession, we don't just have his peace, but we have his protection. You know, if the green pastures are the best of places to be in, then verse 4 tells us about the worst place that we can go. And David has experienced this in his life from day to day, from year to year. These worst places, these hosts of dangers. But he has realized that even in those terrible places, he has not been alone. His shepherd wasn't just there with him, but his shepherd was leading him through. And verse 4 that we so often quote in times of grief says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, David as a a young shepherd boy had no doubt led his sheep over many, many miles around the hills of of Bethlehem. He would have known every nook, every cranny of that area as, as he had led those sheep, building that knowledge up over many years. And there's no question that David would have had to have taken his sheep through the steepest of valleys with the cliffs towering over either side. No sunlight penetrating to the ground. The shadows disturbing the sheep's pace. The heat stifling the very air out of their lungs. And as the sheep went through that valley... I don't know if we can picture it, but they would have been worried about what was happening in that part of the valley. What was behind that shadow over there? Why is it that I can't breathe as the panic sets in? But then what happens? They look and they see who's in front of me? But my shepherd. These sheep in the valley needed the protection of their shepherd, and the shepherd has got tools to use. He's got a rod, he's got a staff. That rod was just a club that he could have used to have hit anything that came after the sheep. The staff with the crook on top was there to pull the sheep out of the holes that they might have fallen into. And David knew what it was like in his life for the rod and the staff of God to have been applied to his life. How else was the nine foot nine inch tall giant Goliath defeated? It was God. How else was Saul's murderous rage against David averted? It was God. How else when Absalom turned the kingdom upside down, turned everything on its head, was David able to once again be reestablished on the throne? It was God. It was God's arm. It was God's strength. It was God's protection. And so as we take our steps through this life, and it's true to say that we are assaulted just by being in this life. As we take these steps through this life, these places that we find are are similar to what David has experienced. When we are hated by what Craig described to me as the menacing intelligence of Satan, this evil that stands against us, we know that Jesus Christ is with us. When we are in the worst of places, our shepherd is standing, not behind us, but he's standing between us and the danger. He's there putting himself where we would not want to be. And so today we might be facing the direst of circumstances. I don't know what they might be for you. Perhaps you're fearful of the shadows in your life. Maybe you're even feeling that your life has been stifled out of you by the heat of attack after attack after attack. Pause. And know that Christ's protection is over you. And so as you're asking, perhaps silently, why am I following Christ and being handed this lot in life? And we don't want a trite answer here. But David says, remember, even in the darkest valley where the shadows are at their worst, the shepherd is with us. So keep trusting. Keep following, keep loving, keep obeying. And whatever your fears are, be it the valley, be it the shadow, be it that potential evil that confronts you, remember Jesus is with you. And as Matthew's gospel puts it right at the end there in chapter 20, he's with us to the very end of the age. You know, the Lord's protection never leaves us. And we also have, fourthly, verse 5, his provision. David slightly changes the image here. He likens what God is doing in his life as preparing a banquet for him to sit down and to eat. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And as David looking back over his life, every turn, every twist, every moment, he's known that God has provided for him. Now, this is a king with all of the wealth that is imaginable to us, and perhaps a lot of wealth that's unimaginable to us. But he sees everything that he's had as coming from the hand of the Lord. It's not his wisdom that's worked it up. It's not his conquests that have filled the coffers. It's not his common sense that has made life so great for him. No. Just as a shepherd gives food and water to his sheep, so the Lord was nourishing David. And nothing could stop this provision. Nothing could steal away what God was giving to David. Even in the presence of his greatest enemies, David was refreshed by oil that is poured in his head. He's given a cup that he could never drain, no matter how hard he tried to drink from it. Astonishingly, C.S. Lewis, uh, that wonderful author of the Chronicles of of Narnia, he only found hatred in this verse, saying this is almost comic in its naivety. And C.S. Lewis misses what God is promising in this verse. He's missing what David has experienced in this verse. These sheep are eating the best possible meal in the greatest possible peace, regardless of what's happening around about him. Because the shepherd is keeping all of the problems at bay. So do stop and see what's really happening here. Because this morning we are being told that when we are in the worst possible places, when we are at that point when we are exposed by our utter weakness and defenselessness, we are not alone. We are being provided for. You know, that hired shepherd might have run for the hills and not bothered trying to feed the sheep as the enemies closed in. But not our shepherd because Jesus calms us and says, sit down, rest a while, and eat he tells us those enemies that you're worried about well i'm between you and them and you know what i've beaten them i do believe that if if we're following christ today then we are living right in the middle of the enemy's encampment there's not really a place for us to break out and, and head for safety on our own merits You know, the world's values, its trends, its philosophies, its programs, its desires, all stand against God. So when you say, I belong to Jesus Christ, you are invariably putting yourself at odds with the world. And the world loves to close in on those who follow Jesus Christ. But never forget, the Lord provides for you. We're not just talking about food and shelter here as wonderful as they are and they definitely are provided by the Lord but we are talking about the provision of his word that served to us week after week that nourishes us, that helps us, that lifts us up. We're talking about our church family here that serve us and look after us. We're even talking about the service that we're allowed to give which in itself is a blessing. Our good shepherd gives us his provision. Even in the middle of the worst of circumstances. But let me tell you this morning about a provision that's even greater than just belonging to the church family. That greater provision is what Christ has done for us on the cross at Calvary. As he bled and died there, he provided for us his sacrifice, his salvation his restoration. And so it's the provision of Christ that saves us, that redeems us, and that reconciles us to the Father. What a provision. It can't be matched. It can't be compared to anything else. But equally, it can't be diminished by anything else. And just as this good shepherd gives his provision we finally see that they will n- we will never be outside of his presence. Verse 6. When we think of the best things that we can have in life, whether it is riches, whether it is fame, whether it is possessions, whether it is relationships, whatever we think might be the best thing that we could have, all of that just fades into oblivion when we think about having the presence of God in our lives. And for David, the greatest thing that he could know in his life was that as he walked, as he reigned, as he served, as he worshipped, as he fought, as he rested, God was with him. And he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, David made mistakes. We've heard about that this morning already. David wasn't perfect. David fell down. David mucked up. But he knew the truth that God had never abandoned him. And the close of this psalm is David sealing his heart with the truth that despite anything that's going on in his life, despite anything that he'd gone through in his experience, God had flooded him with goodness and with love. In the good times and the bad times, David knew that God was there. Whether it was the wars and the threat to his reign or whether it was the peaceful times where things were going well in Jerusalem, David knew that this was all from God and God was in it and that God was helping him every step of of every way. And David is triumphant as this psalm of confidence draws to an end because David knows what the future holds as well. And that's something that can concern us. What does the future hold? As things get worse, As governments and economies and the world stage gets more and more uncertain and unstable, what does the future hold? Well, David knows. He says, I'm going to be with God forever. Forever. David's not concerning himself with perhaps the more minute detail of what will I have for breakfast tomorrow or will that meeting go well when I get to the office tomorrow. Or am I facing a difficulty in that relationship with with my neighbor or my colleague or even in my family? It's not that it doesn't matter to David, but he says there is something that just goes to the next level. And it's God is with me. You know, we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we follow him, we are beneficiaries of this truth. Because we have that good and blessed presence of Christ in our lives at all times. And so remember his goodness this morning as he guides you through your life. Every step that you go, he is there. Remember his mercy that he he doesn't apply the judgment that we so richly deserve when we fall down and we fail and we sin. He doesn't do that, but he gives us mercy, he gives us love, he gives us grace. And even when you're feeling the pressure of tough circumstances, you can know the goodness of God and know that it is centered on you. And there is that day that will dawn where literally we will be taken into the presence of the Lord Jesus. When faith will give way to sight. When every tear will be dried. When all the mourning will turn to joy. When all of the difficulty gives way to the ease of being in His presence for eternity. May you know that comfort today. We're only scratching the surface in this psalm. We're only scratching the comfort of the blessing that God gives us. But I wonder this morning, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you following the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if you're not, these blessings are not things that you can claim. These blessings are not things that are applied to your life. Without Christ, the world owns you. Without Christ, you have no peace. Without Christ, there is no certainty of protection. Without Christ, what you have will never be enough and you will never know the blessing of God's presence. But perhaps worst of all, if you're without Christ today, that valley and those shadows will terrify you. But the good news, it's not just good news, this is great news. If you don't know Christ today, it's not too late to start following the shepherd. It's not too late to come to Christ. It's not too late to receive his salvation. As you turn from your sin and have faith in him forevermore. And so we draw matters to a close. Each and every world philosophy... Every global or local cause, all the political views, whatever they are, all the influencers, they will fail. They will hit something that derails them. Something will come along that will show them to be transient, impotent, perhaps even dangerous. But not so with Jesus Christ. He never fails, He's never knocked off course. He's eternal. He's all powerful. He is the Savior. And so, why do we follow Christ? Why do the sheep follow the shepherd? We follow Christ because He has saved us. We follow Him because we trust Him. And we know that our trust is never going to be betrayed, our trust will never be misplaced. So, today, let Psalm 23 encourage you where you are in your life at the point that you are meeting Christ today. Let it encourage you to follow the Lord who blesses abundantly in every possible circumstance. And as I close, let me quote the words of that wonderful hymn, Abide With Me, written by Henry Francis Light. And these words say, Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, Lord, abide with me. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Uh, We thank you that your word at times is so sharp that it just cuts us to the quick. But we thank you this morning that we've had this comfort of this wonderful psalm written by David. We thank you that you're the God who is our shepherd, the God who has met all of our needs in the Lord Jesus Christ and the God who guides us through this life to the glory of eternity beyond. And it's our prayer this morning that we would know the truth of following Jesus in our lives. If we don't know it, Father, lead us to it. But may be glory in all that Christ has done for us as we serve him, as we love him, as we worship him as we adore him. And we pray this in his precious, most holy name, that name that is Jesus. Amen.